Welcome to Legal Toolkit, bringing you the latest legal trends and business initiatives to help you manage your law firm with your host, Jared Correa. You're listening to Legal Talk Network. Hey, everybody. Welcome to a new episode of the Legal Toolkit here on the Legal Talk Network. If you are looking for the New England Patriots defense, that makes two of us. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you're a first-time listener, hopefully you'll become a long-time listener. And if you're Gort from The Day the Earth Stood Still, this is your kind of podcast. As always, I'm your show host, Jared Correa, and in addition to casting this pod, I am the CEO of Red Cave Law Firm Consulting, which offers subscription-based law practice management consulting services for law firms, bar associations, and legal vendors. Check us out at redcavelegal.com, R-E-D-C-A-V-E. You can also listen to my other podcast, because I love podcasting so much. That one's called The Lobby List. It's a family travel show I host with my wife, Jessica. That's available on iTunes. Right now, we're going island by island as part of our Hawaii boot camp. So subscribe, rate, and comment. Here on the Legal Toolkit, however, we provide you each month with a new tool to add to your own legal toolkit so that your practices will become more and more like best practices. In this episode, we're going to talk about the robot takeover, right? The inevitable robot takeover about which lawyers seem inordinately concerned. But before I introduce today's guest, let's take a moment to thank our sponsors. First, I'd like to thank our newest sponsor, TimeSolve. TimeSolve is the number one web-based time and billing software for lawyers. Providing solutions since 1999, TimeSolve provides the most comprehensive billing features for law firms big and small. To find out more, visit their website at www.timesolve.com. So that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V, no E, dot com. Next, we'd like to thank our sponsor, Thomson Reuters Firm Central. Cloud-based legal practice management that streamlines your day and automates non-billable administrative tasks so you can accomplish more with less. In addition, I'd like to thank our sponsor, Scorpion. Scorpion crushes the standard for law firm online marketing with proven campaign strategies to get attorneys better cases from the internet. Partner with Scorpion to get an award-winning website and ROI-positive marketing programs today. Visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast. And finally, we'd like to thank our sponsor, AnswerOne. AnswerOne is a leading virtual receptionist and answering services provider for lawyers. You can find out more by giving them a call at 800-ANSWERONE or online at www.answerone.com. That's www.answer1.com. All right, my guest today is Melina Higgins. Melina is the Chief Operating Officer and Director of AI at Black Hills IP, which provides automation and technology services to IP law firms. Clearly, she's very busy. Melina is a veteran legal technologist with extensive skill in legal service re-engineering and automation. With more than 20 years of experience in unconventional technology roles, she's an expert at translating between technical and non-technical people. She has a PhD in physics, a master's in management of technology, and is a registered patent agent. Not bad. So, Melina Higgins, welcome to the big show. Thank you very much, Jared. Happy to be here. Very impressive background. But let, let's talk about one other thing about you. You're from Poland, right? Correct. See, I think that's really cool. I don't know a lot of people from Poland, so this is exciting for me. So let's start by talking about that. 
so here's, I'm going to reveal this to you as well. I think many of the listeners know, but I'm Portuguese. And when I grew up, my family ate a lot of Portuguese food, which basically involves like lots of meat and eggs. <laughs> so basically like heart attack on a plate. But I love Portuguese food. I just don't eat it that much anymore because I don't want to die. Um, so let me ask you, what is your favorite Polish food? Do you have any recommendations for people? Um, well, you know, Polish food is not much different from Portuguese food in the <laughs> sense that it's all, it's meat and potatoes. Yep. Primarily. All right. Well, that, that's um, less my, exciting. I was hoping for a more uh, no, exciting no, answer. But my favorite, my favorite um, are pierogies. And, oh. you know, they're like dumplings, basically. Yes. So um, I think many people but, know what pierogies are, right? So potato-based yeah. dumplings, right? And there's cheese involved also, correct? They're, they're different fillings. So I think mm. the potato and cheese are maybe the most commonly known here in the U.S. But mm-hmm. in Poland, you get them, like the traditional ones are actually meat-filled. Oh, that sounds even better. Um, and the ones I like, uh, I don't eat meat. Um, I'm a pescatarian. Oh, I'm sorry to hear I... that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no animals were harmed in making this podcast. <laughs> but I love uh, mushroom-filled ones and in the summer, blueberry ones. Oh, that sounds delightful. Would that be considered like a dessert pierogi? A blueberry uh, filled not, not for me. That's dinner. <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. So that's pretty good. So I learned something today. I did not know you could have a blueberry filled pierogi, but now I'm going to grab one at some point. All right. So I guess we should talk about some serious stuff, right? Let's talk about the robot takeover. That's a cheery topic, right? Um, <laughs> yes, always. <laughs> so there's a lot of media speculation around this. And there's this notion that like robots are going to come in and take over legal jobs. But I've always felt that that's an oversimplification because what we're, what we're not looking at is like androids coming in, lifting a lawyer off his or her desk and like sitting in the chair and actually doing work for the lawyer. That's not what we're talking about. What this is more about is artificial intelligence and machine learning taking over legal processes, right? So can you explain a little bit about what a robot takeover could look like in legal? <laughs> Yeah, let, let me give it a try. Right. So it's it's less about the robot coming and lifting you out of your chair and taking your job. <laughs> yeah, good. And more about combining the human with the machine in the sense to to help you do your job better. Mm. To you know, I think of instead of artificial intelligence, a term I've heard someone use is augmented intelligence. I like that. So you're 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 augmenting your skill set with another tool. And so just like we used to use calculators back in the day, and then we moved on to spreadsheets later. And, you know, now we have hardcore, heavy duty computing, (laughs) computer power. Now comes AI to help us do what we do even better. Oh, that's good. Okay. Um, And so, because you're an expert in this, like, before we get too deep into this, can you, can you give like a broad definition of what artificial intelligence is for lawyers who are listening who may not have much of an idea about what that is, but have heard it used regularly? Yeah, it's um, it's actually a set of different technologies. Um, and, and you might ask 10 different people in AI and get 10 different answers. <laughs> There's no agreed upon definition as far as I can discern. Uh, but it comes down to a lot of people kind of equate machine learning with AI. Yeah. And it's um, it's basically a technology where the, the machine learns 
instead of being sort of explicitly programmed to do something, it learns based on the data it receives. So you have a training data set, you train it with that data set, and then you give it the real data that you want to analyze, and then it predicts for you what it thinks it wants to do. And then as the more you train it, the more you use it, the better it becomes at doing that thing. So think about Siri on your iPhone. You know, when you first got Siri, she wasn't that great, but today she probably does a lot better. Yes. Good. Thinking robots. Now we're back to the robot apocalypse. Okay. So let's (laughs) talk about this idea of augmented intelligence. Same acronym. It's great. Makes it easy. So for lawyers in particular, like how could the average attorney reform the way they practice to adapt to a new environment where they're making technology work for them rather than working around technology, which is what I think a lot of lawyers try to do. Yeah. So technology adoption is kind of the Achilles heel of the of the legal industry. Yes, I've heard. You know, my my recommendation, my take on it is just start. And you don't have to start big. You can start small, but embrace it. You know, don't be afraid of it. Don't don't turn away because it's here. And you may already be using it and not even know it. Yes. So if you're a litigator, for example, you've probably used machine learning in your e-discovery. You've probably used predictive coding or technology-assisted review, depending on who you talk to. That is AI. Look at that. Beautiful. So your company, Black Hills IP, use a phrase which you've hashtagged called take the robot out of the human. That sounds painful. What, (laughs) What does that mean? (laughs) <laughs> I didn't invent that term. Ah. I, I heard someone else use it, ah. but we've kind of adopted it as as our one of the things that we say around here at Black Hills IP. Mm-hmm. And and what it means is, you know, every job has its kind of repetitive, monotonous, low value work that people don't really enjoy. They'd rather do the fun stuff. Yes. And so we focus on taking those repetitive, monotonous things tasks mm-hmm. and automating them. Yeah. So we let the machine do what the machine is good at, repetitive, monotonous work, so that the human can focus on the creative, strategic, high-value stuff that we really enjoy doing. Ah, I like that. So that's that's what that means, taking the robot out of the human. Um, I, Does, doesn't involve surgery. Good, good. That's good to know. I thought we were talking about like an alien situation, but this is much <laughs> better. So I kind of refer to this as uh, practicing at the top of your law license for attorneys. The idea is that, yeah, you, like that. You, you can take that one if you want. Um, the, I stole it from somebody else. Um, the idea is <laughs> you take the tasks, you automate the tasks, and then the lawyer does the high-level work that they can bill more money for, incidentally. Exactly. So C, exactly. technology can be very helpful if it's augmenting rather than taking over. Um, all right, this is a good start. Uh, I'm going to take the robot as a podcast host, however, and we're going to take our first break. Hey, here are some things you should buy. Imagine billing day being the happiest day of the month instead of the day you dread. Nobody went to law school because they love drafting invoices for clients. At TimeSolve, our attorneys save on average over eight hours a month in billing work. That means more billable time and turning billing day into happy day. Learn more about how to get to your time and billing happy place at timesolve.com. That's www.timesolveleoffthee.com. Remember, that's T-I-M-E-S-O-L-V dot com. Is your firm experiencing missed calls, empty voicemail boxes, and potential clients you'll never hear from again? Enter Answer One Virtual Receptionists. 
They're more than just an answering service. AnswerOne's available 24-7. They can even schedule appointments, respond to emails, integrate with Clio, and much more. AnswerOne helps make sure your clients have the experience they deserve. Give them a call yourself at 800-ANSWER-ONE or visit them at answerone.com forward slash podcast for a special offer. All right, everybody. Thanks for staying right here with us. I was thinking about leaving, but I didn't get a better offer. So I'm back here with Melina Higgins of Black Hills IP. And we're talking about automation in legal as well as augmented intelligence, not artificial intelligence. All right, so this is a good segue from the last part of our conversation, Melina. So we were talking about automation as a subpart of legal technology. And you talked a little bit about how that's one way that lawyers can bring technology to bear on their practice by automating mundane tasks. So can you speak generally as to why automation is important to the legal field outside of that one consideration? Yeah, so we're at a place in the legal industry where, you know, Anyone who's doing work in this field feels the pressure from clients um, about the high price of, of legal services. And the customer pressure is for things that are better, cheaper, faster. So doing things differently than, than what we're used to. And a way to get there is through automation. Um, it's about moving the right work to the right resource. You know, it's like taking some of the tasks and having a legal assistant do it or a paralegal do it as opposed to the lawyer doing all of it. Yeah. So this is yet another resource. You're moving that to the machine. Gotcha. And so let's follow up on that. And um, aside from like task management, um, and you can include specific practice areas too. Like, do you have a few good examples of how lawyers are using automation in their offices now and gaining benefit from that? Well, I have a couple of examples that come to mind, and maybe they're not specifically what you just asked. That's okay. What, what came, Whatever what you came got. to mind yes. was, you know, people, this is, this is part of modern life, right? We as human beings are using our iPhones and our iPads and whatever other technology you have on your desk right now. Mm. And so we're used to doing things kind of as a self-service, and some prefer to do that to talking to a human being, you know, getting on the phone or going in person to a bank, for example, mm -hmm. you get out your phone and you bank online yeah, yeah. on your, on your phone. Yep. So this is kind of an evolution of that into the legal world. So I think of companies like rocket lawyer or, um, another example is I recently had to, um, draft an NDA for our company to talk to another company. And I used what do you think? Something called Robot Lawyer Lisa. <laughs> it's really just AI. I went online, I answered a bunch of questions, and Robot Lawyer Lisa drafted my NDA, and I, I went and used it. And it was awesome. <laughs> so these are examples of things that are already out there today that lawyers have created to help us do things in a more modern Way. Yeah, document automation is a good example. And I think since lawyers still yeah. traffic in documents, there are so many places that lawyers could use document uh, automation to supplement what they're doing. And that's exactly what you're talking about, just drafting a basic document and taking care of the more complex stuff on their own. Absolutely. So let's, let's talk about how this changes what it's like to work and what jobs exist now. So you're a company that focuses on um, augmented intelligence. So let's start internally with your business. How have jobs changed in your company 
because of the influence of automation? Yeah, really interesting question. So we've noticed a couple of things happening. We've created new positions altogether that didn't exist before we kind of embraced and and went down this journey. Mm. So we, for example, have docketing automation specialists, people who essentially are programmers to, to code the and they're, they, they're not necessarily sitting and coding in the traditional sense, but they're using tools to help define what we're doing when we automate certain tasks in the docketing sphere. That's mm. what our business is. Yeah. Um, and so these people are, they started out working at Black Hills as docketers, but are now today automation specialists. So, so they've evolved um, the other thing we're seeing is that the, the people who have remained in the docketing roles, it's opened up their world to, because they're not doing those mundane, repetitive things as much, it's allowed them to have more time to do other things. So, mm-hmm. for example, we now have the more senior people, more people with more experience who became team leads. Hmm. It used to be that that the docketing manager used to be the point of contact with our customers. And now it's the docketers who are team leads who serve as that point of contact. And so they interact with our customers today where they didn't used to a few years ago. So it opens up those possibilities for people to grow professionally and develop skills that didn't exist. Yeah, so that's how it should work, right? Like new jobs are created. And uh, people are doing more high-level work than they were doing before. So that's a good example, I think. I like that. And um, I think hopefully that that can come into the legal space as well. So let's talk about that. Like, that's a technology company. And technology companies, frankly, are usually more forward-thinking than lawyers. So in terms of a law firm, how do you think a law firm could do something similar in terms of what you have done as a technology company? in terms of jobs and roles? You know, if you think of different jobs that people have within a law firm, whether that's an associate or a paralegal or a partner, each one of those has has tasks involved with it that, that people maybe don't really like doing because they're kind of boring, and but they have to be done. If you think of looking for the technology and sometimes it's not it doesn't have to be super advanced technology sometimes it's the simple thing that you already have that you just need to repurpose and just looking at your processes to shift that off of the people doing it to to a different either a different resource or, or the machine or some software or whatever it is that's how you start down this path. And that leads you to increased efficiency. It leads to faster turnaround time because mm-hmm. usually when you involve automation, uh, robots typically work 24 seven. They don't take coffee breaks. They work mm-hmm. Saturdays, Sundays. Mm-hmm. The work becomes more accurate because you eliminate the human error. Yeah. And that in turn translates to happier lawyers and happier clients and hopefully more clients because of that. Gotcha. That's all good stuff. Lawyers, listen up. Okay. (laughs) We're going to take another break. I thought that was pretty good. So people, the future is now. While I look for my other shoe, listen to some more words from our sponsors. 
FirmCentral cloud-based legal practice management software for solo and small firms provides a single online location for all of the tools you need to manage client files and perform client work and offers unrivaled integration with Westlaw. With FirmCentral, you can securely store and organize documents and case files, manage time tracking and billables, and collaborate with clients through a secure client portal from anywhere there is an internet connection. Do you feel like your marketing efforts aren't getting you the high-value cases your firm deserves? For over 15 years, Scorpion has helped thousands of law firms just like yours to attract new cases and to grow their practices. As a Google Premier Partner and winner of Google's Platform Innovator Award, Scorpion has the right resources and technology to aggressively market your law firm and to generate better cases from the internet. For more information, visit scorpionlegal.com forward slash podcast today. All right, we're back again. Break number two is over. We're going to finish strong. This podcast is so packed with legal technology talk, it's like a double stuff Oreo. Now let's get back to our conversation with Melina Higgins of Black Hills IP, who's talking with me about the impending legal industry takeover by robots. Maybe. So Melina, your company works specifically with law firms to build out automations and to implement technology. And we touched on this a little bit before, but I want to tease it out a little bit more. So what's the biggest barrier? Because we both understand that technology is a barrier for law firms. What's the biggest barrier to law firms in terms of adopting and accepting new technologies? I think the biggest barrier is the fear of the unknown. Mm. And it's just human nature. It's, it's not really particular to lawyers. It's, it's all of us. So that's the biggest barrier that we have to get past. People are typically afraid of automation, but what we found is that once you try it and once you see that it actually works and it makes life better, you become a believer and you, and you just go for it. So in terms of like people that lawyers work with, like part of this is translating this to the lawyer. And then part of this is the lawyer translating this to their staff. Mm -hmm. Do you have suggestions or input for lawyers in terms of what they might be able to do to get buy-in on things once they bought in themselves? That's an interesting question because usually I, I've struggled with it going the other way around. The staff are all for it and is convincing the managing partner that it's something that needs oh, to be done. interesting. Okay, got you. That's fair. <laughs> so the staff doesn't need much convincing the at all. All right, good. That's step the one. one. pushing for it. <laughs> so, what, so what you're telling me is it's a mutiny that's taking place usually. <laughs> all right, so let's, let's take this out to a broader viewpoint and let's talk about what a law firm of the future might look like. So what does a law firm that effectively implements automation look like, generally speaking? Uh, gosh, I think my dream law firm that would use automation would literally have minimized the, as someone put it, the soul-sucking, mundane, repetitive tasks. <laughs> by, that sounds just delightful. By outsourcing them to the robots. <laughs> and could we please get automated time entry? That's, if someone oh, can do yes. that, we're going to be in such much better place, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Automated time entry is a good idea. All right. So automated time entry, automated tasks is your perfect automated law firm. Any other things that you think are technology components that law firms should be thinking about adding? Gosh, there's just so many. It's hard to pick just one. 
Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm one of these people that just looks at, you know, all the, the, the new shiny things. And I, I try thinking about, oh, how could we use that in, in this environment or this, this kind of process? Um, <laughs> and I think it's changing the culture a little bit. And yep. that's the hard part. Because yes. lawyers are trained to kind of look backwards. If you think of, you know, you look to precedent, what's been done before, whereas yeah. this requires yeah. a mind shift in thinking forward instead of thinking mm. backward. So kind of looking yes, at... Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. So you kind of need to look at the technology that's out there around you that you're already using in your everyday life outside of the law firm. And how can you apply that to your work life? And how can you leverage that tool to help you do your job in a different, better way. Yep. I think those are some uh, excellent points as well. So, all right, we've got the future law firm is automation-based. Now, what about the next sets of technology? Because AI is hot right now. Machine learning is hot right now. People love to talk about that stuff. But what technologies that are upcoming on the horizon do you have your eye on and are watching currently? You know, this is a really interesting question right now because I literally just, I don't know, within the last (laughs) month or two have become a little more familiar with quantum computing and I'm fascinated. I mean, I think that is the next hot thing. It's not going to be tomorrow because it's very early on, but that technology has the potential to really change the world. If you think AI is going to change the world, Quantum computing is going to change AI. So together, those things are just going to completely revolutionize what we do and how we do it. Quantum computing sounds really dangerous, (laughs) like you're screwing with black holes or something. So what is quantum computing? So quantum computing is a different way of, it's basically, if you think of a computer using ones and zeros, binary, you know, it's either one or a zero, a quantum computer uses quantum states, which can be kind of neither one or the other or both. I I heard a a woman explain it once as if you think of a penny, it it has two sides, heads and tails, right? So -hmm. that's very binary. But if you spin that penny, which one is it? So it's kind of like thinking of quantum computing in that way (laughs) that it does, it uses quantum properties to do things in a completely different way. And we don't yet know. I mean, it's so early on in its evolution that we don't know exactly what potential it has, but it's literally a completely different way of, of computing, of making a computer work. It's really cool. Let's hope no one destroys the universe (laughs) while doing this. Exactly. So anything other quantum, anything other than quantum computing that you'd like to discuss or let people know about in terms of upcoming technologies that you're interested in? Oh gosh, quantum computing was my my my. All right, let's go with that. One. I I didn't prepare I got, any others for today. <laughs> I got another question for you. Yeah, we're talking about robots, right? Yes. What's your favorite movie robot of all time? Oh, my favorite movie robot has. There's a, there's a lot of choices. There are, to, but I think I've got yeah. to go with Wally. Wally. Wally's my favorite. Very nice. You're a Pixar person. <laughs> yes. Ah, is this, is, are you forced to watch Pixar movies as I am because children want to watch them? Or do you watch Pixar movies on your own just because you find them to be delightful? I, I watch them on my own. My my kids are Good. now too old for Pixar movies. I mean, they'll still watch them, but <laughs> they've <Yes>. moved on. 
<laughs> so Wally's a good flick. Well, um, and hopefully the future for lawyers and the rest of America don't involve us weighing like 700 pounds and sitting in chairs. Exactly. Um, let me also recommend, if you have not seen it yet, Coco is a really good movie. Ooh, no, I have not seen that. And my children will not watch it. I keep I keep asking them to watch it on Netflix because I really like it, but they're just not down. So I say, let's watch Coco. And everybody's like, boo. So, all right, Wally, Coco, we've got our Pixar fixed. And now I think that'll do it for this podcast. We're going to put a bow on this thing on another episode of the Legal Toolkit. And we've been talking with Melina Higgins of Black Hills IP about robots and the law. Pixar movies, pierogies. It's been like a wide-ranging show. Now, I will be back on future shows with future insights into my soul, the soul of America, and the legal market. But if you're feeling nostalgic for my dulcet tones, you can check out our entire show archive anytime you want at LegalTalkNetwork.com. So, big thanks again to Melina Higgins of Black Hills IP for making an appearance as my guest today. All right, Melina, can you tell everybody how they can find out more about you and about Black Hills IP? Of course. You can learn more about Black Hills IP on our website at blackhillsip.com. And more about me, I guess you can find me on LinkedIn. It's just Melina Higgins, M-I-L-E-N-A-H-I-G-G-I-N-S. I also tweet from time to time, so Melina Higgins on Twitter. Two good options. You got the Black Hills IP website. Check it out. So thanks, Melina Higgins of Black Hills IP. This was really fun. And finally, thanks to all of you out there for listening. I see what's going on here. Proceed. Thanks for listening to Legal Toolkit, produced by the broadcast professionals at Legal Talk Network. Join host Jared Correa for his next podcast covering the current business trends for law firms. If you'd like more information about today's show, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find Legal Talk Network on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Or download the free app from Legal Talk Network in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. The Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast, your resource for the tips and tactical advice you need to grow your business. Plus, keep up with the news and commentary you crave to stay one step ahead. It's hosted by me, Guy Sakalakis. And me, Conrad Song. Every other week, we break down the issues holding back your marketing strategy and talk about the changes you need to be prepared for. Check out the Lunch Hour Legal Marketing Podcast wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube.